You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Making Waves. Well, gents, we're just going to start right in. Uh, no big yeah. introductions, man. We're just Winston. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining us on this, man. And uh, this is more. We have a lot to unpack. I know you guys just finished up a U.S. tour, like a, a smaller run than you're used to, but uh, no less uh, well-received as as mm. we kind of expected um, out with Memphis Mayfire and the band Currents. Um, yeah. How was this run? Is this kind of your first time back to the U.S. in a while? Yeah. And you kind of did. It. Yeah. It was really, and, really good. I'm talking over the top of your head. <laughs> but yeah. No, it was it was good. It was our first time back, and it was really good. But, um, it was basically us, I guess, testing the the waters, so to speak. Oh my god, I'm into nautical puns already. But testing the waters <laughs> after three years of not touring in the in the states. So um, yeah, it was it was a really like a really good tour, considering we had no idea what to expect. I, 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 it's interesting too for you guys. It's almost kind of a little bit of a throwback because it wasn't the full show. It was just basically <laughs> lights and a good use of haze and the music. Yeah. Sometimes is that is that good? Sometimes because I know the pressure. Sometimes we use stage shows because it helps kind of bring the spectacle and stuff like that, and it takes a little pressure off the band because it's like, look at the shiny stuff we got here. <laughs> What's it like, kind of going back to just? I mean, your music just. It's it, it's 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 its own thing. It doesn't need any smoke and yeah. mirrors to de- distract from it. How was it like, kind of going back and doing that? Because I know you did Europe in twenty, the later part of twenty twenty two, and you gave them the full meal deal. <laughs> yeah, it was it it was really really good. Like it's um to be to be honest, like everything that the band has become in terms of the spectacle has been um, built on top of the base that is essentially five friends just playing music they love and like from from that base there was there's always been a rapport and an energy with the band that then radiates out to the audience and that connection with the band and the audience is basically that's what always makes things i guess an exceptional experience everything else on top of that is just a bonus um so we're like at the end of the day like you strip it all away and we're happy just to be able to play our instruments for for some people so this tour was it's it it's really great because the energy is still 150 percent every single night like i was blown away by the reception um like i said we we really had no idea like what to expect coming back the three years well it was almost four years since we we played north america that's a long time. Like, and a lot of people could have either just gone, 
I've forgotten about them. I've moved on with my life. Like, don't listen to that type of music anymore. Who the hell knows? Um, and we were, so we went in with no expectation and we're just like, let's like at the end of the day, what we love to do is just stand on stage and play our music and everything else is going to be great. But what was thrown back at us from the crowd energy wise was, was really humbling and really, really intense every single night in a really good way. Yeah, I, I got I a question. Oh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. Sorry. No. Uh, I was going to ask, you said three years. I mean, beyond mm-hmm. this, this, la- the scope of the last tour you were just on and the ship that you just played, yeah. what was, what was it like not playing for three years? What, what did you, what did you, what consumes your life on a daily basis? <laughs> Curiosity, you know? It was really, really strange, man. It was really weird. Um, I mean, like at that point in time, we've been doing it for 17 years straight. Like, yeah. By, by straight, I mean it, for 17 years, at least six months every year was on the road, like minimum. And then all of a sudden the whole thing stops and you're in the one place. Like after, I think it was after four months, I was like, hey, this is the most time I've spent in one place for 17 years, <laughs> which is a trip to, to, to adjust your your life to. But, I mean, we, we, we wrote a record in that time um, and – did yeah, which kind of pushed us to a breaking point, to be honest. <laughs> um, and um, went through a whole bunch of stuff as a band um, in terms of sorting out shit out um, mentally uh, and as a group. And that was kind of it. Like writing the record was really fun, and it was kind of what we we had this dream scenario where we're like, oh my god, like if there's no plan of tour coming back for this foreseeable future, we can essentially spend all of our time writing the dream record where you have no time constraints. You can do whatever you want. But um, the, uh, the catch with that is like, if you uh, like you write something and a year later you haven't released it and you look back at it and you're bored with the thing that you wrote. So you rewrite it rather than letting it be. <laughs> so yeah. we ended up doing this thing where it was just like a, chasing the tail of the concept of perfection, which kind of does your head in. And it, um, it, it kind of undid us a little bit, but at the end of the day, we we're really happy with the record that we wrote and recorded, but it came, it came at quite a cost, which we had to deal with um, at the end of it, which was why we canceled that original tour that we, that we had planned for the States. But yeah, luckily we got to come back and do this one and started over again on such a really, really great footing. You know, you yeah. mentioned the what the response you got from the audiences. Uh, I think a lot of obviously your longtime fans, but um, people who are new to you, I, if I wouldn't have known who you are and I stepped on that boat and I watched the two performances you guys put together, the one word that sells you guys is conviction. And any audience can pick that up. You don't have to be musically adept to understand when people are really what they're selling you. They truly believe in. And I definitely think that's what your audience picks up on. So it's no surprise to hear that the audiences were very rapturous. I kind of expected that was going to happen. But um, I think another thing that kind of got people in the mood is during that time down, Viva the Underdogs really was able to grab people's attention, right? And everyone sees that Vakken performance and goes, holy (laughs) fuck. I mean, it's a holy fuck. You guys showed it in the movie and the building up to that whole festival season. But when you did that, you kind of, if someone watching it on your TV, you just kind of go, holy fuck, this band is, they're there. Yeah. And and I think what happened, yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, just American audiences, particularly, who who weren't party to that, they see that and go, 
I'm so stoked and I'm so <laughs> revved up right now. It might be a year from two. It might be a year or two from now, but when they come, I'm going and it's going to be that feeling too. Oh, September, man. That's like, it's, it's, I don't think it's announced yet, but I mean, we're, we're playing Blue Ridge and uh, basically this is, like I said, this was, it was testing the waters so we can play catch up on, um, on bringing the full parkway experience. And to be honest, like, I I'd underestimated the impact that that Viva the Underdogs documentary had had um, stateside because obviously like it, it happened, it came out quite early in the pandemic. Um, and that's another thing. Like it's like three, three years. You're like people even like if someone had watched it, had they forgotten about it? And if, if live music hasn't, hasn't been going on, then did people even know? Like it's, it's really strange. I, I, I found we during meet and greets and talking to fans and stuff, a lot of them referencing the, that that movie and the, those performances, and I, I really hadn't taken into account the, the the impact that that had in terms of people's perceptions of the band um, shifting because it really like it's a very different North America is in a different position for us to um, our, our major markets in Europe and back home in Australia where we've been doing this kind of show for quite some time. Um, and it was, we were just planning on bringing it like the tour that got originally cancelled from COVID was the one where we were like, here it is. We're bringing this finally catch up time. Everyone gets to see the full parkway show. And then COVID shut that shit down, which was really frustrating. But um, it's, it's nice that people were able to get a preview of what is to come because it really like, while, while I, I previously did say like, at the end of the day, five guys on stage just playing. And everything that you said about conviction, 100% true. That's what this band is built on. And it's still there, but there is so much more to what we do as artists on stage that we've built over the years. Like it's it's not the kind of thing where we just got a bunch of flashy effects to put around the same show and just go bang, bing, boom, look, there's some other stuff. When we, when we have graduated to these different um, – arenas and stadium slots or whatever the hell's going on with festivals we have taken the time to curate an actual show like it's a heightened experience it goes beyond just the it's it's a very different experience from what you get walking into parkway in a, a thousand cap or two thousand cap room when you see it's in an arena it is very very <laughs> much more extreme experience <laughs> and it's exciting like I've, I've wanted to show people in north america for a long time and i'm really excited to finally to finally bring it and the fact they got a, a little bit of a teaser from that doco is really cool yeah i think that it's, it certainly has a high level of stagecraft with the performance yeah. i mean i mean the timing alone on just dealing with the <laughs> the fire must be just like what oh, step do i take and what part of the song am i supposed to be here i can imagine yeah. that's mind-boggling yeah yeah it is it's um and i mean we we handle it all ourselves that's the thing mm -hmm. like all the stuff that you see built the show that's been created has been it's not like we got to these these bigger um venues and we're just like here's here's, here's a budget throw it at someone and tell, they can tell us what to do like we taught ourselves how to build a show and create an experience which we wanted to represent the band which means the pyro cues, the pyro positioning, the lighting cues, the way that the show unfolds, the the three acts, like um, circumference of the entire thing, like the everything about it is is very much um, curated through skills that we've chosen to learn over the the years. Um, everyone in the band has a much more of a creative 
I mean, it's it's insanely hands-on and DIY in in every as as much as as DIY as hands-on as it can be when you've got five semi-trailers and three buses and and sixty staff members <laughs> building this building this show that happens over a couple of hours for an evening. But at the end of the day, it is it's it's all overseen by like a handful of guys. So it's a, it's a very that's um, badass, man. Yeah, yeah dude, it's it, it, it's a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I commend you, man. Like insane amount. I know what kind of work that is. They're working on the venue side of things for years, being on the support, the the the, the one of three on those on those shows and watching everything that goes through. Yeah. And then, you know, when something goes wrong, you know who to turn to and how to look at it. And also you know how uh to navigate a room, uh, a floor plan, what that yeah. what's gonna happen that you so you can make changes on a fly that won't see your budget suffering, A, and B, more yeah. importantly, will elevate your experience for that space with those fans so exactly that's exactly it like it's it's it was it was weird the, the really strange reality check like we spent a lot of time doing this and taking these baby steps into these spaces and learning these skills and then covid was kind of like the clean slate moment where you don't get to do anything for such a, a large amount of time that it kind of like the the muscle memory and the feeling of being in a venue kind of bleeds out at you and then the first tour we did back was this run in Europe, which was insane. Like it was the biggest shows we'd ever played, the biggest venues that we'd ever played. And we're rolling in in the morning and I'm walking into these what look like Coliseum-sized venues with nothing on the floor and watching our crew of like trucks roll in and build this entire stage and this entire show from the bolt on the cement all the way up to the ceiling. There's people hanging off the roofs, hanging all this stuff up and where like myself and um, our manager and, and guitarist Luke are, like have to walk around the venue and make sight lines and make sure everything can be seen from the certain angles and how everything's going to work with all the different effects and stuff. And at the end of the day, we just stood there and we're like, how the hell are we at the centre of this operation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was that, it was the real reality check of like, this is a crazy, crazy operation to be in and it's far different from just going... Oh, half an hour till you're standing on standing on stage. Cool, just point me in the direction, and I'll go and play my songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a very, yeah it's a long way. It, it, it's, it's a long way from the youth centers. Yeah, that's, what, that's yeah. exactly. What, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> it. And, and it's just things, like it's, a, it's another like I I get a, a large amount of joy and a, 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 a large amount of joy out of it, and it's um, I mean, it's another part of creativity. That's the thing I love being able to create that experience. Um, and it it makes me stoked to be able to do it and to be able to do it in conjunction with the other thing, which is already my passion and it just expand is, is really neat. And it, it obviously resonates. That's the thing. Like it's, I can see it in the way that the reaction unfolds through the show and the way that you've kind of curated the experience of how your music is going to be taken on through the added visuals, which you've created. Um, and it's really nice to see those moments hit and for the reaction to, to land in the way that you want it to land, because it, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, there's a different thing from just having your, your head blown off with strobes and some lights to, um, being able to feel it and taste it and smell it as it's all going on around you in a sea of yeah. humans. Um, it's quite a different, um, impact and it's very, very much heightened. Yeah. It's, 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 if someone was asking me to describe it, I would describe it as a Shakespearean street riot. <laughs> 
in, in three yeah. acts in three yeah, acts yeah yeah the, yeah. Last, the last one's die hard <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right that's right the christmas movie yeah that's right that's right parkway drive is the christmas band yes. <laughs> yeah i mean it's like you're optimizing the dream man i mean the idea of like okay you know, I come from the hall shows. That's where I, I yep. saw on that same idea. When you're renting those and throwing, putting two speakers on some stands and you yep. got your friends' bands playing, you're like, okay, there's 200 kids that we got to come out to this thing. There's more people that are going to fit in here. How do we do this to make them happy? And then you move that same diagram of the way that you're thinking as the band that's throwing the hall show into a larger space. That's optimizing, yep. I think, the, the dream. You want to be a musician? Check. You want to do cool shit? fucking check you want to make the fucking cool shit happen fucking check dude that's dope man I'm, yeah. I'm pr- yeah that's completely it. and that's it that's exactly what we've done like over the years like it's it's like i said with the gradual steps like it went from a a youth center to a hall to a like a to a club and a pub to somewhere a little bit bigger and it was all these different steps and each time it was like oh you got a bit more space what are you going to do with it a few more <laughs> people how do you want them to react like what what are the moments going to be that 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 makes their their time worth it because like i want it to be something that they will remember there's, there's nothing worse than going to a gig and then you you wake up the next day and you've kind of forgotten what it is like you want it i want every parkway gig to be the show that they're like i'm going to remember that like till i'm old and gray <laughs> they're gonna look look in the mirror and look at their singed eyebrows and go oh yeah yeah man yeah. <laughs> i remember when i, I was lost there. that eyebrow <laughs> it's funny i think one of the great things winston too about you guys and you guys just spoke about it you guys are self-contained and yeah. nowadays with so many handlers in the world, you know, so many, every bands at a certain level has, you know, all these people hands in up. You guys are basically, you run the show, you have a large staff, but they're all part. I'm sure they're most of them are friends who became friends who became friends. Yep. But again, it's you guys, you running the stage calf, Luke managing, you know, and you got Jeff doing production and you got Ben yep. doing video. And, and it's just, it's, it's an amazing feat. You guys have done it. Yeah, cheers. I'm I'm really really proud of it. It's um, yeah. I mean, there's it's, I I don't know how you wouldn't be proud of it. Like it's 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 stressful, but at, at the same point in time, like it was, I mean, it's what we care about. That's the thing. It is. It really yeah. is our passion. And I'm I'm lucky enough to be like just speaking for myself in a in a band where somehow the other guys have had these interests within these fields, which I really like. I couldn't manage this band. No way. I can't. I can't. I no, can barely run garage band, let alone do like what Jeff does with like uh, with uh, with our um, recordings and stuff like that. And like it's the fact that everyone has had these extra little things which they've been able to excel at beyond being really great musicians and good people has been like, it's it's a pretty unique thing. But that being said, like it's uh, we always every time any band asks us for advice or wants to chat about anything we're always very forthcoming in the fact of like look we didn't know half of these things when we started and we chose to take an interest because i mean we cared about it and also like if we weren't paying someone else to do it there was a bit more money to go home and pay rent so yeah (laughs) and in this and this in this era of like the the music industry definitely like taking care of business yourself makes a difference Yeah, yeah yeah Well, speaking of music, let's talk about the new album. Well, it's not new now. It's, really? it's been around a little bit, but uh, Darker Still. Um, do you feel a little bit of departure from what you guys had done, especially like the last few albums, The Reverence and things like that? Would you feel this is more departure, like Evolved, I guess you could use? Oh, it's always Evolved, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like the Evolve is literally the, the 
the bedrock of this band. That's the thing. I mean, the entire the entire band's uh, mission statement was always when we when we started was literally like challenge yourself, challenge yourself to do something that you hadn't done before. And for us at that point in time, it it was the hardcore kids trying to play some more metal kind of stuff because we were just that was completely foreign to us. And it's just the leaps and bounds have become bigger and bigger as time's gone on and. COVID really provided that, um, I mean, the, the grounds for us to have no excuse in terms of reaching much further afield in terms of the influence of the sound and the way that we chose to, um, I guess, really articulate what we wanted to do. There was no, I mean, when you're writing a record in the middle of a touring cycle to go back on tour, there's a tendency to like, like I said, with muscle memory, like you, you're playing show after show after show. You're, you're used to playing or thinking even in a certain way when it comes to writing new material. And you also have in your head, like, Oh, a certain thing works live, especially. So maybe let's, let's tap into that more. Um, when you do, when we're doing it COVID, we're like, this might be the last record you ever get to write. And there's a chance that no one's ever leaving the house again and you're never playing a live show. So what's the actual, what's the statement going to be? And it was uh, obviously the parts of Parkway, which are always there, the heavy, the heavy guitars, the, the overall heaviness of the sound, the lead guitars, like the very aggressive vocal stylings are there, but it's everything else is pushed so much further out than anything we'd done before because it was, I mean, it was the, the chance to really tap into those influences and those passions in a way that no other time period and no other circumstance would ever provide. And we're like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it now. And there's no excuse not to do it and do it well because you've got three years to do it. So shut up and write. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's funny because the tempos came down a little bit, but the crunchy yeah. heaviness was there with glitch yeah. and greatest fear. And yeah. soul bleach kind of feels like, you know, what people understand is, is yeah. like Parkway. That's the Parkway sound. Yeah. But obviously the one track now that's really starting to get people's attention more than other is, is really the, the, the title track. Yeah. <laughs> because it sounds, it seriously does sound like the one great song Metallica missed. John, and dude, I mean that with all, and I mean that all, this, all, all respect, man. Listen, dude. It's I mean, listen. If anyone hears it, they're kind of rudimentary to who you guys are. It sounds like it came off the Black Album, and that's and yeah. that's not saying that you guys. It's not a copy. It just feels that no, dense, in dense and heavy, and it just feels like an important song. And and I'm not. Yeah, it's just and. It Real fucking quick, rules. I, I, just it fucking that. rules. <laughs> but the thing was, like, but I think it's the things that make it. It's a very and I correct me if I'm wrong. It just sounds very Australian. Uh, the whistling, the yeah. it's what wanted yeah. would imagine if they were stuck in the outback alone. That yeah. guitar sound, everything, and even like I was saying, Kess, my Australian girlfriend goes. This is very Australian song. She's like this. Yeah. Is she uh, she's like she's like those rhythms, those patterns. It's all very much of that region. Tell <laughs> us about that song, dude, because it is a monster. Cheers, man. I'm, I'm really like it's really. I, I wasn't stopping you there because I'm like, yes, compliments. <laughs> no, dude, it's just I had to explain myself because I'm thinking, man, I thought all week I said, no, I listen it. to this damn song. I said, I got to talk yeah. to him about it, but I want to talk in full because it's a it's yeah. a lot to unpackage, man. It's almost seven minutes long. Yeah, dude. It's um it was it like to be honest, this 
this this entire album was like where a lot of the 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 influences that um that started us down this road of heavy music in general came to the fore um and that was a slower tempo a, a lot more of a of a decision to lay into groove rather than adrenaline which is something that we've never done before as a band um and a ballad was something which we had attempted like we wanted to do something for two records before this on ire and on reverence there's both songs which we started with the idea of like we're going to have a ballad on this record because we like i mean jeff our lead guitarist his all-time favorite band is metallica biggest influence ever metallica favorite album black album like it's it's in his it's always been in his playing from from the beginning and yet we'd never been able to try something like this because we had every time we attempted it we couldn't figure out how to write a song like that it just was not it's never been in our dna and we didn't know we just couldn't wrap our brains around it even when we had what we thought was the skeleton of something which could evolve into this much more elaborate piece we didn't know the push and pull of how those kind of songs worked i couldn't figure out how to write a vocal melody how to sing too much or not sing enough and how to structure an entire thing um and it wasn't until this song came around like it was actually really early on in the in the writing period that that Ben and I rocked up to to Jeff's place to jam one day and he's like yo check out this this riff um I got a mate to whistle over the top of it and he showed us that clean guitar and the whistling and that was it that's all he had and we're like fuck that's that's pretty cool and then two days later I literally I messaged Ben and I was like I can't get this melody out of my head. And it was like, I was about to message you the exact same thing. I can't get it out of my head. Like, I just can't get that, that melody out. And I was like, that, that's like the biggest check mark you can get when it comes to writing for us as the band. And from there, we're like, all right, this is at a tempo and of a sound. We should make this kind of song out of it. And from there, it was just like, we knew we had the first piece. And from there we had to build it and building it was a real challenge because that was the the part that we'd failed at twice before. Um, but we were like, there was a couple of times where we were like, you know what, let's just roll it back into a really cool rock song. And we'd start down that path and we're like, it doesn't do it justice. Like we have to follow this epic route and we got to figure out how to do it. And it was actually one of the last songs which we finished in the studio. It took our producer George coming in and helping us like rearrange a couple of bits um, to actually get the the final structure together. And at the end of the day, like it, it's, it came out better than I could have hoped. It's one of those, every time there's something that Parkway does, which really hits the nail on the head, it's when it takes all of the extra members of the band coming in and doing it together to articulate the vision that you, that you had, which you couldn't quite see in your brain you know what you want to create but you can't quite articulate what it actually is it takes those extra outside influences coming in to fill in those blanks and that's what i mean that's what the the relationship between us is and that's why it always ends up something special and this is the one where i was like that's it that's the that's the song i'd always dreamed of i can't believe we did it and nailed it in the way that we did but it it took everyone like 
it, it took everyone pushing to make that thing happen. And I'm really, I'm really proud of it. Like it's still, it's strange. I still find myself like after a gig walking around whistling that refrain and I'm like whistling my own song. What the hell is going on? Like why, why, why do I have my own song stuck in my head? That's I, I guess that's a nice thing, but <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I mean, that's kind of the story to it, I guess. <laughs> you know, it, 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 every capable band has somewhere along the way has com- a comfortably numb somewhere in them, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of those songs where I, if you guys stop tomorrow, if you just Parkway Drive's done, yeah. you have your cornerstone song. Yeah, cheers. I, I really, I, I appreciate that because I, I feel, I feel that way as well. Like it, it's, it's literally the proudest moment that I've had being in, in the band. Um, I mean, it means a hell of a lot to me in terms of what I put into it, and it involves the band's best performance as artists, as far as I'm concerned. And then everything else that's laid on top of it, I love. I like. I love something epic. Like when we started structuring the entire song, I was like, "Dude, Jeff, you've spent your entire time playing lead guitar. When this part drops." And you finally unleash. This needs to be your moment where you're slash outside of the church. Like <laughs> this yeah. has, like it has to be. It has to go into full November rain. All right, and, November and rain. Like, yep, that's it. And I'm, I'm like, this is like you have to be a guitar hero in this moment. I want you to be in an arena on top of a podium with all of the lights pointed at you, and you just wailing for like the next three and a half minutes. And I mean, it's what happens, and then that's what we do with the production. I'm literally like, here's Jeff on a podium in the middle of a whole bunch of people, and here's a guitar lord. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah you sound like eight. super, like, I, I, I just wanted to say, you sound like somebody who, this is a beacon. It sounds like this song is really a beacon to your, to your overall uh, essence as a band, yeah. and that's fucking cool to hear. I don't think we get to talk to artists that have a story that seemingly means much more than the song itself could ever yeah. mean. So yeah, just, that's cool, yeah. man. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, it is. It, it, it really, it really is. Like I'm, 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 I'm as, as humble as I want to be about it. I'm really, I'm, re- I'm really proud of being able to do it. And I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I'm so stoked that it's resonated in the way it resonated as well, because like, the other thing is we've we've made we made this album and we knew what was coming with it and we we made a choice to release that as like the third single mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like there is no no reference point for Parkway sounding like that previously and we were mm-hmm. like this is like if people don't get this this is like the shotgun to the head <laughs> <laughs> but but it's but it's that thing like we we've always trusted that if it means something to us and it and it passes our quality test then it's going to resonate. And luckily, like, I mean, not luckily it's, it resonates for a reason, but it, it, it resonated the same way with everyone else as it has with us, which is, yeah, I guess that makes me really proud as well. Cause I'm like, with something like that, you could very easily be disappearing up your own ass going, all right, seven minutes of something really sick. And you're like, no, that's just boring wankery. <laughs> you know, I want to reference something you mentioned earlier, you talked about being gone for three years and you're worried about people forgetting about you, whatever. I think, this song is the antithesis to that because what it is is a you got to trust your audience they want to f- take this journey with you right so you're you're yeah, challenging yeah. your audience too because but also they're three or four years older now and their tastes have changed to so like i don't always yeah. need bangers sometimes i need something that's going to make me do some contemplative thinking and, yeah. and that's the song and what's I, I thought about the song and I listened to it and I, I'm on YouTube watching it and I read the comments I want to hear what people have to think how they think about it 
and the amount of people this is like changed parts of their lives or they've pulled them away from a dark edge or they were like they just lost someone in their lives and this is somehow even if the lyrics aren't explaining to it the vibe of the song is enough to make people feel something other than grief or sadness or or sometimes they just go this fucking song is amazing just because it's fucking amazing it doesn't mean anything to them other than it just sounds fucking great and that right there is when you know you have something when you can affect people on so many different levels it's incredible, dude. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the song. I could, it's one of those songs I could, like, you know, when they have these good, like, you know, like hour long documentaries over how they made the song. It's it's one of those <laughs> songs. It, it really is one of those songs. Cheers, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right. So uh, can I, let's can talk I about something. Oh, Sorry, yeah, you yeah. do that yeah, before yeah, we yeah. get on to our other business. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I listened today to your uh, Surfer Goth playlist. <laughs> First of all, it's fucking slams and they're like, you yeah. know, like, I'm a huge Nick Cave fan and like, there's a yeah. lot of really, so <laughs> this kind of like was gonna, it kind of like encapsulates, I think what you were saying about who you are as a person. And I seen it, I, I, Justin and I did the Q and a on the ship with you guys yeah and you were candid about a question that I had asked about what you want, what you're going through. And to be honest with you, that question was, wasn't directed to you. You just, took this moment and um you could t- <laughs> you tell you went through some, some some shit you're very wise and this band just like this song is means way more to you as a human than i uh, i think that like a, a full record could ever tell the the, the public right and i look at this yeah. playlist i'm like oh i get it there's yeah. the depth is, yeah 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 you don't the, you know like coming from the hall the hall show scene and knowing what you were going through at that very point in time and i'm looking at this i'm like so when you got asked to do it did you already know exactly where you're gonna go justin if you haven't looked at this fucking playlist i'm gonna send it to you it's dope uh, <laughs> uh, can, yeah. can, who's who's on it give me a few examples i heard okay. nick cave who else is on it beyond beyond like okay so nick cave romstein beach boys ghost uh we got slipknot we got zeal and ardor creeper the that out of nowhere yeah. I, like uh, in excess sound guard depeche mode radiohead bad religion rolling stones uh perfect circle monster magnet white zombie code orange alanis morissette danzig going on i mean i could just future fucking okay. islands you know like it's the, it's, the, the, it's cool the one man. i want to talk about the beach boys uh yeah. just because it's a brian brian wilson for fuck's sake um yeah. What is it about the Beach Boys? And I and obviously everyone go, oh man, he's a surfer. He does this. Uh, yeah, I get all that. But you know, past 1966, the Beach Boys are no longer a surf band. They were like a yeah. very psychedelic, intrinsic, thought-provoking yeah. band. What 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 album by them? And what why the Beach Boys? Oh, I mean, Pet Sounds. That's it. So it's absolutely. Not, it's, it's not. It's not the <laughs> surfer part for me. It's always. It's always. Yeah. I mean, I gra- I gravitate to. I gravitate to darkness. Because I, mm-hmm. because I find it honest. Like, no one's – generally, like, as much as I love a love a love song, if it's just, like, I'm happy and you're make, you make me feel happy, like, I don't, I don't know. That's – you can pay a false compliment, put it that way. You can pay, mm-hmm. you can pay someone a false compliment, but to, to be able to put tr- – like, try and, and capture – try and capture true darkness and put that out there. That is generally for me a sign of vulnerability and, and, um, 
and conviction because you don't do that lightly. So it's always those songs which I think resonate with me more. It's And I'm not talking about like just going, I hate you, I'm pissed off, something like this. I'm saying like true, like confront, like true confrontational music of a, of a darker nature is is formed through an, through an outlet that is definitely, it, it has to have depth to it. So it's always those, it's those songs which are always like, which always resonate with me. And that's what all of these artists kind of, that's the goth part for me. And the goth part is, is, is the realness. <laughs> and that's what the, the soundtrack is. Like I, I, I listen, there's, there's plenty of stuff that I listen to for my dopamine hits where I'm just like, I just want something in the background where it's just sad, neat things and everything's nice and I'm driving around in the sun. But when I actually want to sit down and I want to connect I find that the connection is through those more, I guess, darker portals into the human psyche that that these artists provide. And there's plenty of other ones, but that's just my listening habits, I guess. There's a difference between, I guess, uh, just being around when music's on and actually connecting with music. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, so I'm, I, I assume at some point in your career, we're going to hear you do a version of uh, I Just Wasn't Made for These Times. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, real quick about the funny thing, Chad, about uh, and Winston, about in Winston, you probably know this as a fan, is that after they put out Endless Summer in like 73, you know, the capital went, hey, we got to put out the sunny shit. Well, then they dropped Surf's Up, which sounds like a cool surf album. And then it's the darkest, dreariest <laughs> thing ever laid the vinyl. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I have to check out your list because I, I mean, Depeche Mode. Obviously, they're just they're the the they're the band of the gothy kind of dance band that metalheads love. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge. <laughs> huge. It's all like yeah, <laughs> it's there. Yeah. I'm um, so so I came across it and I was like, I'm going to check it out. I mean, first of all, that's very. I mean, curating a playlist in, in like you know doing it on your own is one thing, but then having a, you know a platform like Apple to allow you. To yeah. talk about <laughs> through song, just how d- deep you are as a person is got to be a pretty cool feeling. Uh, oh, it's, not, it's it's definitely like I'm 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 really stoked with the opportunity to do that, and yeah. and also like I think it gives people a window into what is what goes into the craft that we create as well, yeah. because I think it is very easy to to listen to Parkway and like whatever era especially our earlier era and just go they're they're one thing and that's adrenaline and aggression basically but i mean the music has transformed over the transformation of the people behind it and that's that's quite evident in like you want to know why things sound weird and different listen to the the music that (laughs) that i'm listening to and you kind of get an idea of like oh it's not just like he's not just listening to Slayer. He's not just listening to metal. He's not just listening to hardcore. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, which is obviously influencing everything that comes out of this band. And it, it doesn't mean that we want to create music that sounds like that. But when you have, when you're taking in input from, um, from things which inspire you that are outside of the, the box, which you already create things in, it ends up warping those sensibilities and those sounds you know in a way that you don't necessarily expect as a as someone who i guess is like why has that change happened i'm like well here's what's behind it here's the ingredients <laughs> yes yeah i love it i mean yeah we, we always tend to forget our artists are fans first and foremost 
Yeah, man. And, that's why yeah. they do it. Like it's yeah. yeah, it's that's that's the thing. And we all we all connect with these this medium because it it means something to us. Like it means something that is not just product. Like it's it's strange that uh, I've always found it strange to go. We create art because I'm like it's a very violent, visceral kind of art. If that's true, but but. I mean, art is not created in a vacuum. It's created from human experience. Otherwise, you end up just with, I don't know, algorithms, don't you? <laughs> algorithms <laughs> and products. And I mean, no, yeah. I, I do care about creating a product. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Algorithms. So you, uh, you guys joined us on our last cruise. We just finished up about a month and a half ago. And before we went to air, uh, we talked about your two shows. And they were... Just being biased here, probably the two greatest shows I've seen. It's it's it's, it's 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 great to see one band, you know, do one of your shows. That thing was off the hook, but both of them were like, "Holy shit!" And I I didn't know if it was because <laughs> I, I the first one obviously it was you know, there was so much interaction with the audience and you going up into the crowd, which is yeah. a lot of fun, by the way. And that that's yeah. one of those things where you go, okay, because the year before that we had Lamb of God and they played yeah. in the pouring rainstorm on the deck and that was yeah. like the whole other thing too. And then you I'm go, fine. well, how's this going to get topped? Oh, there he goes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we oh, just there he it. goes. He's climbing up to the top. <laughs> and then I think, and and the second night, we're just the fan because a lot of people who didn't make that first show for whatever yeah. reason came to the second show and it was just the fan. Uh, the 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 energy in the audience going back to the stage was just yeah. like it was just like you just kind of sit there and go yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> moving, so man. i mean yeah. moving as fuck dude so what yeah. was your ideas when you guys were coming on and i don't know if you guys had done it have you done anything like that before like a cruise Dude, I went on a I went on a ship once when I was six. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole experience. Okay. We're like, yeah. We had no idea, like no idea what to what to expect from it. Mm -hmm. And when we like even when we had the, the offer presented to us, like, yo, you want to play shipwalk? We're like, it's like someone literally going, Hey, you want to go to the moon? You're like, what does that even entail? Like, what's what? It, I can't wrap my mind around how any of this works. And we were just like, you know what? This is going to be an experience. This is just going to be something unlike anything we've ever done before. And I, we will be guaranteed to remember this. Everything after that, we were just like, well, what, what's the stage going to look like? How's the show going to work? What are you allowed to do? What happens if the boat's moving when you play? We're just like, you know what? Let's just roll with it. Like, we've we've just come out of COVID. Like we haven't done anything in so long. This sounds like the perfect opportunity to just experience something really unique. And that was the way we approached the entire thing. And then when we saw the, the stage set up like on top of the pool with like all the decks around it, it was like, this is going to be absolutely mental. And the first, the first <laughs> night, like I, I enjoy interacting with the crowd in terms of just, I, I like building the energy because I, I like we always come on stage with literally 110 percent energy we play every night like it's going to be the last thing we ever get to do because you can't ever bank on having another show and we want like when you talk about conviction like that's the energy that i want to get across to people is that we care about being here and we want you to enjoy it i want it to be worth your time and i want the experience to be something you remember so when we stepped on stage the first night it was really like we're on a boat in the middle of nowhere. I don't know how hard I'm allowed to go in terms of 
telling people, hey, like, I don't know, I will, I will push the bounds in terms of like letting people know, hey, do what, do what you want to do. If you want to crawl on top of your friend, go for it. You want to jump off something and crowd surf, that's sweet. You want to jump up and down until the floor bends, that's fantastic. As long as no one gets hurt, that's great. But we're on a ship and I'm like, are we allowed to jump? Does that make it capsize? <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell someone to jump off something because this thing's three stories high, and maybe someone will actually do it. Yeah. So, so it was this, it was this, this push and pull of energy where, like, it was already an amazing show, but the whole time I was like, what, what am, like, what am I going to do here to make sure that this is like I'm already feeling like I want there to be something more. I want to give something more. So that was the point where I was just like, I'm climbing up there. I want to see what this whole thing looks like. So I'm just running up the deck and we're playing that and the bottom feeder while I headbang with the crowd on the second deck. <laughs> yeah. So that was basically the thought process behind that. And then the second, the second show, it had sunk in a bit of like, they're up for it. And um, it, it seems like kind of anything goes to a degree of like everyone seems to be really respectful of each other. Like we felt out, we've been on the boat for at that point in time, four days. And I think I'd met pretty much every single person on the cruise at this point in time. And everyone was like, that's nuts. That show was sick. We had so much fun. I was like, okay, people are really respectful of each other and they just want to have a good time. So just let them know it's okay to have a good time. And then all of a sudden, boom, the energy jumps up even higher. And yeah, it's, that's kind of just the way it rolled, man. It was really, really fun. <laughs> you know, it's, that's what's so great about the cruise is, is, is because it is, you're on a boat in the middle of nowhere. You can really do things that normally at your normal run of the mill show or whatever on your, wherever you're routed. You just, you can't, it's not, the facility's not there for you to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's what's so fun about those kind of things where a band of your stature can go out and just, just gonna go run in the crowd and just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah dude. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I'm, I'm so used to get like, but I've done, I very rarely do that. I think I've probably done that like six times in my entire career of like I'm getting down and running somewhere because as soon as I get in the crowd, my in ear packs ripped off. I've lost half of my gear. The mic's yeah. beating back everything. And I was just like, no, nah, you know what? These people are cool. Let's roll with it. And like high five a bunch of people at the bar on the way through, grab someone, grab someone around the neck while I'm rolling <laughs> up the stairs and hang out with a couple of randoms on the top of the deck and headbang. It's sick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> someone, someone, someone spilled their margarita and they're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was so good. But I guess that like that vibe goes for the whole cruise. That's the thing. It was so fun. <laughs> I, I think it's cool too because you know you it's it's a great working vacation. You get to get off on these little yeah. islands you may never visit again, or you maybe oh, have dude. not been to or want to. And that's kind of cool. Were you guys able to take advantage of those quiet oh, times? Yeah. Hell yeah, man! It was every. I'm not lying when I say every single part of this adventure exceeded our expectations. So much more <laughs> than I ever conceived. Like it was the the boat was one thing, the rooms and like what was provided and like being able to just hang out in the middle of the ocean. Like as people who are surfers and love being in the ocean in the first place, I was like, this is this is beautiful. Like it was stunning just being able to sit out there and like be in the middle of nowhere and experience like cruising through the Caribbean. <laughs> and then the first like that first stop in the Bahamas, like we. We didn't know we have like a, I'm going to say we are like snobs when it comes to beaches. We live in a place with very very beautiful beaches, and right. we travel to a lot of places around the world. And I have high standards, <laughs> I have very high standards. And we're like, we go to the Bahamas, but this first one, I don't know, that's the first stop. It might be like a bit of a warm up or something. And when we rocked up, we're like, this is the clearest water and the whitest sand I've ever seen in my entire life. This is like. 
I was literally floored. Every single person in the band was like, what the hell? Then this, we just get to hang out here for the day and then we go back to the boat and hit the pizza bar. <laughs> like, what, the, what yeah. is this? Like, in terms of a working holiday, like I would do that as just a holiday without like yeah. even without the working <laughs> part and the being able to get the to get to do the gig we're like this is just kind of a dream isn't it and every other stop like grand turk same deal <laughs> dominican republic like absolutely wild like was, were you guys yeah. able to go out and find some surf and then dominica no oh actually the the conditions were pretty rough i think a couple okay. of like rough in terms of the wind the beach was still stunning but a couple of the guys may have gone i can't remember if they went to the, like up into the mountains or they went to the beach but ben our drummer found waves on grand turk and ended up borrowing some local surfboard literally was walking oh, along shit. the beach and i saw some waves too and i was like oh my god if only we had a surfboard we could surf that and he saw a board and literally went up and knocked on a local's back door and was like hi <laughs> is that your surfboard? And they're like, oh, that's my grandkid's surfboard. And he's like, can I borrow it? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And he went out and surfed so, so grand. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tight. Yeah, man. So sick. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Damn. That's awesome. I got a, I got a sea legs question, and, and then I'll leave you the boat stuff alone. So you guys had to tour after this, right? You know, like when yeah. you guys got the yeah. – oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, How many days from um, debarkation did you actually have to play? Um, oh, we were actually pretty cool. I think we had like three days. I went to Disney World after this. So, yeah. <laughs> Any ceiling was immediately <laughs> overridden by getting spun around in circles on some crazy <laughs> ride. But you know what? One of the things that I actually, that I was actually shocked with was like, I don't, I don't think we actually got sea legs, to be honest. I found the boat so stable, like crazy, crazy stable. This is coming from someone who's used to being on a bus touring and you rocking side to side and you notice all mm. these things. I, f- I found it to be like barely noticeable, to be honest. <laughs> you are, you are <laughs> king. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. The showers are always weird for me. Pretty bad, so yeah. oh, you do. Wow. That's great, man. I was just yeah. wondering like, okay, they hadn't done a boat before. Then they, they haven't gone into yeah. the United States before. Yeah. <laughs> Going walking on stage. Like this is fucking my, my equilibrium. Up you see, or some you shit. see everyone on stage and the whole band all of a sudden is <laughs> to the right. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like hey. a choreographed <laughs> fucking stage move. Hey, uh, yeah. was, that, was that your was that your first time to Disney? Was that your first time to Disney World? Um, yeah, Disney World. Like I've been to the LA one, but the, the but not the the Orlando one. I underestimated how massive that area was. <laughs> is that the one with the star? Is that the one that has a Star Wars thing? Because I noticed all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, is that where you went? Yeah, uh, yeah, you went it? Star, yeah, as you can tell. Yeah, um, a little bit. <laughs> massive Star Wars fan. Yeah, we yes. my my wife booked us there and was literally like we're we're going on Rise of the Resistance. That's the whole reason we were there. We got up at like seven a.m. to be like there, like first in line. Well, we weren't first in line. We got to the line right as the park opened, and it was still like forty five. Oh my away. god, but, nerd! But, oh, oh, full on nerd, man! It, <laughs> it blew my mind though. It was so it was it was really sick. She's got a bunch of photos of me just going. Ah, oh, like a six-year-old. That's but, awesome. Sounds like she rules. That's cool. Man. Oh yeah, she's the best. She's she is the best. She she came on the boat too and had an absolute blast as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, she, you know what is so funny is I always walked up and I always saw her talk and people were just like talking to her, just like hey, she was yeah. always in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, we all were. People were just people were nice, man. Like that's yeah, the thing. yeah. I love I love meeting people when people are good people and and that's I was really really humbled and really stoked with how nice the fans and the people on the boat were to us 
Like it was just a really genuine rapport. Like it's, it's I'm someone who gets kind of weirded out to be seen as anything other than just a person. And mm-hmm. for someone, I don't know, just hang out is kind of just it's it's nice. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's I always nice. tell, we always tell people it's like if, once they first see you, they're kind of like, oh my god. But then after that, it's like, hey, you're just adults, and it's just a big clubhouse <laughs> at that time, right? Like we're all that's it. We're yeah, all doing yeah. the same thing, man. We're all just enjoying yeah, our vacation. It. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. She loved it. Hey, Chad, awesome. you want to do walk the plank with with Winston? I do. So this is, I mean, (laughs) this is pretty, uh, there's like questions, right? I'm just going to ask you a question. Typically it's not about music. And there's also some, uh, so the guests we had on before, they asked the question, not knowing who the guest is going to be. And then, so you'll answer it and then you'll do the same for the next. That's cool. Um, my question though, is what is the smell you associate with your childhood? Like what's a smell? the ocean (laughs) i mean i I mean i still like i'm because i've literally never even thought about that question in my entire life and the salt specifically the salt we lived we used to live in sydney when i was until i was like six and um the rocks there like after in the summer the the rock pools would dry off and you'd be left with just salt Mm -hmm. so walking along the sandstone rocks and smelling the salt from the ocean yeah that's pleasant (laughs) I like that. It is pleasant. Yeah, right. it's not dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been weird to be like dog shit. <laughs> hey, uh, if you were to live your life for one year as an animal, what kind of animal would it be, and why? Oh, um, a blue whale. So here's the reason. Um, I was going to say, oh, an eagle, because then I'd get to fly around the the entire earth and see everything. But you can kind of already do that as a human. As a blue whale, you can go basically to the other two-thirds of the planet that humans don't get to experience. And also, you'd be the biggest thing on the earth, so you're not getting fucked with. And I think it'd just be fascinating to be the biggest thing on the planet and to be able to dive as deep as you want and see and comprehend what's in the depths. There you go. Chad, Chad, make a note. We're going to go ahead and buy uh, five tons of plankton for Winston for Christmas. <laughs> Next time I come on the boat, there's my rider for you. I don't know where we're going to get this. Is there a local health food store? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So this is the question from our guest last uh, episode. Uh, it's basically, if I remember correctly, I tried to type it down exactly verbatim. Tell us your craziest party story. Like, what exactly happened? Craziest party story. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to throw. This is not me. So you're you're talking to someone who who hasn't drunk in like twenty something years, and I I'm not a party guy. guy. Right. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so I will offer up. A story of a party which happened on our bus several years ago in Sweden. And this is, I'm throwing our, our, um, stage manager fishy under the bus here. But at that point in time, he was just our guitar tech. Um, it was his birthday on an off day in Sweden. He had drunk about half a bottle of vodka in 15 minutes. And we're like, whoa, this is going to be pretty loose. The rest of the band is in the back lounge. We're all playing FIFA on the PlayStation. There's literally five of us sitting there just nerding out in the back lounge. 
the entire door, and I'm not talking like swinging, the entire door flies off its hinges and lands on the table in between all of us with him on top of it. And we're like, what the hell? And he he was so drunk, he tried to open the door, couldn't. So he crash tackled the door off the hinges. That thing lands in in between all of us. We're like, oh, okay, this is not a good beginning. Um, So we all abandon that space and we go downstairs. And five minutes later, I just hear this thump. And I turn around and I see him going headfirst down the staircase of the two-story bus, <laughs> sliding on his stomach just like a fish going duk, 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 duk. and he um he landed down the bottom with his head wedged between like the door and the the pillar which the door rotates on and I was like I think he's dead but he wasn't dead his his head landed <laughs> just outside the bus and he proceeded to just start vomiting outside of the bus <laughs> And uh, yeah, that was that was Fishy's dodgy night. At least, so, at least he's respectful. How he made it to the bathroom. He's like, I got a puke. <laughs> oh yeah, it was just it was him and like our bass player Jai holding him by the hand. He was just literally like a dead fish, just going out the door. Oh so, man, um, he doesn't drink like that anymore, which is really really great. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was it was yeah. gnarly. I then had to push him all the way up the stairs, like up the spiral staircase of the bus, I was under him going, come on, time for bed, buddy. And I'm just in this thing, I'm like, you have no muscle strength left in your body. Do you? So, yeah. That is awesome. Hey, uh, who oh, asked that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was Franz. Franz from the band. Oh, he'll appreciate it. That is sick. <laughs> yeah, 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 he will. <laughs> I'm going to text him after this and, and let him know, hey, yeah. uh, check out the episode on Monday. Winston answered your question. Um Okay, so you now do you want to? You don't. All I can't right, tell you who see. the guest is going to be. So that's you just get asked the question. So here's my here's here's my question. Um, it's you get to pick option A or option B, and you have to explain it. If oh. you had to either fight a bear, and it's got to be like, I'm going to say something at least a little bit bigger than you, or fight a shark. Which one are you going to do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So fight a bear or fight a shark. If you had to pick between fighting a bear or a shark, yeah, which you're which either getting you dropped on a little little island like a little Mortal Kombat stage with a bear, or you're getting dropped into a tank with a shark. Mortal Kombat. Oh, I love that. With the, with the caveat of of picture yourself in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. All awesome. right, yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> Wes, so we've had you we've had you for almost an hour, my friend. So we appreciate it. So uh, you've got oh, blue. Pleasure. You mentioned you mentioned Blue Ridge coming up. Um, yep. Obviously, that is going to lead into a, a second round tour of the states. I would assume we got some stuff coming up. Like keep an eye out okay. for it. But the the plan is that we will be back in September, and the next time you see us will be uh, the full Parkway Drive experience. And okay. yeah, that's like. It's coming and it's real. <laughs> That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Like, as much as I don't like talking things up, I think people need to know to expect several levels up from what they've seen in, in from this band in your country thus far. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure you guys could do an acoustic set and they'd still be thrilled. So we're all good here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Just this as well. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, uh, guys, this episode will drop on Monday. The, well, I guess upcoming Monday. I, I Dates. What? It's already March. I can't believe it. Um, oh, no, no, so March 5th or something like that March 6th March yeah. 6th before we sign off guys real quick couldn't thank uh, these folks without without them we couldn't do the show so uh, thanks to Al McManus as our show producer Jennifer Zito our show engineer 
and the Heather Smith, our show coordinator. Winston, thank you guys. Check out Darker Stills on Epitaph Records and uh, look for these guys in the fall. Thanks again, bud. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, this is a thrill. Thank you. Seriously. My pleasure. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.